Welcome to All Things Sleep and Parenting. I'm Pam. And I'm Elisa. We are holistic infant and child sleep consultants with a background in early childhood education. And we're the founders of Restful Parenting. And I'm Heidi. I'm also an early childhood educator and the owner of Blossom Early Learning. Join us as we chat all things sleep, parenting, development, and everything in between. Be sure to hit subscribe and share with your friends and family. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode. It is Pam, and with me, as always, I have Elisa. Hi. Hello. This week is an exciting one because we are talking about, we're gearing up for the holidays. We're just, holidays are just around the corner. And um, we're talking about managing your little one or your big ones, sleep, their schedule, kind of around the holidays. Now, before we kind of jump in, we really want to set the bar that this is really one of those things that it's really dependent on each individual family. Your circumstances are going to be very different from like Lisa's circumstances when the holidays are around and her children and their sleep versus my children and our sleep around the holidays are very different. So it's going to look very different, but we're sharing some great tips that we hope you can take away and make it a little bit easier for you. Yeah. So the biggest thing to remember is that it really is all about balance when talking about maintaining as much as you can about the sleep schedule, because you want to have fun. You want to be able to enjoy things maybe differently than before you had children for sure, but you for still, sure. <laughs> you still want to be able to have some fun, right? And I always like my family, we celebrate and, and we celebrate late and so does my husband's family. So I didn't want to miss out on every single celebration because my kids had to go to bed. So that was always something that I really created a lot of balance surrounding the holidays. Now I understand that before you even know it, it can get super busy. And next thing you know, there's this planned on this day, this planned on that day, this planned on the other day. So there might be some things that you want to either miss out on or some things that you want to make at a better time that's going to work better for your little one's schedule. But sometimes you just want to be able to have a good time and not miss out on everything just because you've worked on sleep. Absolutely. Another thing to keep in mind too is everyone's going to have an opinion about your little one's sleep and what you should or should not be doing. And, you know, if, if you, why you can't be coming or why you shouldn't be coming or why you should be coming. And there's going to be lots of that. So really just keep reminding yourself that internal dialogue is always like, I'm doing what is best for us. I'm doing what is best for, you know, my child, I'm trying to cut, like, I'm trying to make sure. And that was always my goal. Like, I really wanted to make sure that we were doing what we wanted to do, but I was still being respectful in the fact that I knew that my guys needed their sleep. And I knew that the better they slept, the easier my days were. And then my next day was going to be. So I really, like Lisa said, it's that balance of, okay, we're going to do this dinner and this afternoon, and we'll do this morning, but we're going to miss out on this you know, midday activity, or we're going to come after nap time so that we can get that nap on board. So try and release some of that guilt around that. It's more of anxiety that it creates in parents who have worked on sleep is like, oh, we can't do that. We can't go off schedule because we've done sleep coaching, but now we're at home and we have to have naps and bedtime at this same time every single night without veering Mm -hmm. off of it. 
we want to let you know that you can veer off a bit sometimes as long as you set those limits afterwards, you will get back on track. Yeah. And this is the thing, right? Once we work on sleep, we have great sleep. So it's hard to think, oh, you know, like I don't really want to get back to those days where we don't have you know, that great, easy sleep. But one of the best benefits of having worked on sleep and your little one being a great sleeper is that you have that foundation. You're going from a great sleeper. This is going to be a bump in the road. You're going to celebrate your holidays and then you're going to get back on track with a great sleeper. Had you not worked on sleep or if sleep's not on board yet, the challenge there is that it can be really rough and then it gets super rough over the holidays. And then it kind of goes back to being rough versus getting back on track with that great sleep. So yes, it can build some of that anxiety because you've worked on sleep, but know that because your child is well rested, it's going to help them adapt and adjust to those little bumps. And then you have those tools to get them back on track again. And if you haven't worked on sleep and you would like to work on sleep, Pam and I are <laughs> here to help you. We are. To us at info at restfulparenting.com and we can have a free 15 minute consultation with you to talk about all of your challenges and set you on the right track for healthy sleep. With everything that Pam has mentioned so far and that we have spoken about, one of the common things there is planning. You might need to do a little bit of planning just to kind of figure out what days you're going to stay on track and what days you're going to throw the schedule off a little bit, right? So mm-hmm. if that balance comes planning, because you're not going to want to do, let's say, three days in a row of really off track sleep, because then that might set you up for some days afterwards of just miserable children. Um, (laughs) But you might plan for one of those days in there to not be so off track and two of those days to be a little bit more off track or something. So you really do want to plan as much ahead of time with some spontaneous activities, because that's what the holiday fun is sometimes is just somebody might invite you over and you just go over there spontaneously, which is totally fine as well. But you just want to make sure that as much as possible, it's not days in a row that are off track. It's more like a day here is off track. Then you have a couple of days to get things smooth running again. And then another day of off track during the holidays or something like that. Yeah. So if you're traveling, we do have a traveling podcast. We'll link it in the description below. And it goes through all of the tips for traveling, how to get sleep, like all of that stuff, setting up the sleep environment. It really breaks it down and offers tons of tips there. So be sure to listen to that. Now, if you're staying in town, but you have a lot of like dinner commitments and stuff, one of the things that my family was really great because I, of course, was very on top of my children's sleep. And come six o'clock, 536 o'clock, we left. It was time for us to get home. It was hard. Now we have a big family. We get together often. So for me, every week being off track, wasn't helpful but when we do our big family meals now that my kids are older we still kind of do them early but when my kids were little and we had sleep so when I had just Ireland I had her for the first four years when we just had Ireland I really enjoyed bringing all my sleep stuff to my aunts or my parents setting it up and then I would put them to bed I would put Ireland to bed and then I was able to sit and have dinner with our family and enjoy like eat dinner and then enjoy our evening and then we would transfer Ireland you know 
dark space and then bring her into the car seat and into the car and turn off the interior light and keep the car running when you come out of the vehicle with them. So like those little things like that. So we did that. And then it got to the point, as I had more and more children, it got to the point where that was getting harder to do. It's harder to do with two, three, four children, scooping them up, trying to keep everybody like, you know, somewhat asleep and in the car and all that stuff. So then what we started doing was Aunt Nancy started offering dinners at like 3.30. So it was kind of like a late afternoon dinner, early dinner. But this gave us the time we got to sit down, eat, be together with the family, help with all the dishes. We usually got to play a game or two and then we were able to go. So I would stretch bedtime when we were doing it that way. I would stretch bedtime a little bit. But for us, that worked out really well. I didn't have to go until 11, 12 o'clock at night because that was enough family time. Uh, for everybody. And I can still do a later, but relatively early enough bedtime still. Yeah. And it's so great to be able to bring your things to someone else's house and just put your little one to bed there. One thing you want to do now, if you're going to try to do that, what I would do now is take out your pack and play and have your baby play around in it a little bit or your toddler, have them play around in a little in it a little bit just so that they become accustomed to that space if you've never used it before. And if this relative or this friend or whomever's home you're going to during the holidays is around the corner, then what you can do is even practice a nap or two over there at their place before Mm -hmm. that big event is going to happen. Yeah, make it easier on yourself. Give them that practice, get them in there, getting comfortable, especially with that pack and play because... With that mesh, those babies really like rub their fingers across it. So that gives them that time to get that out of their system before you're like, okay, I know we've just had a lot of stimulation with a lot of people around. I need you to go to sleep now. So this will kind of get all of that out of their system. They'll be comfortable with it. They'll be able to nap in it and then and or do bedtime there as well. So on the topic of days where you might have a later bedtime because you're out and you're enjoying yourself, plan ahead for that as well if you can. And this may not always work out in your favor, but if you can, if your little one is is somewhat adaptable, then what you can do is plan their naps to be a little bit later that day. Maybe even sneak in an extra little cat nap at around four o'clock or something if depending on the age of your little one so that they're able to stay up a little bit later. So in my case, I have two children who honestly would stay up until (laughs) three o'clock, four o'clock. They would just never sleep if I didn't actually put them to bed. So there were nights where we had gatherings with my family and my husband's family both families do things late and there there were times where we'd go to a wedding or something and an Italian wedding is not ending at nine o'clock right it's like going on I mean most weddings probably aren't ending early but we would you know as children my parents would just kind of lay out some chairs and put us onto the chairs and we would just fall asleep there and then they would be able to stay until three o'clock in the morning Um, My children will not fall asleep on chairs. It's just not ever going to happen. So (laughs) there have been nights where my children have stayed up very, very late. Um, And I kind of would have little waves of anxiety passing through me that, oh my gosh, it's so late. Like, 
I'm talking like 12 o'clock. I think there was one time where my daughter stayed up until one o'clock in the morning or something like that. It was ridiculous. But we were at an event where I couldn't put her to sleep somewhere else. And I tried to put her in the carrier and she just wouldn't sleep. So I just ended my anxiety and just let her stay up knowing that I would get her back on track afterwards. And it was one night of this. And if it meant that I was going to be able to enjoy a little bit of the time with my family and spend some time with them, then I did it. Now that was me. Not everybody's going to make that decision, right? Like, I don't think you would have ever done that, Pam, right? Um, I think Ireland was like five and she was like, what are those in the sky? Are those real life stars? Because she had never been up that late before. So like, yeah, I, I tended to, if we push, I mean, even last year, my guys are eight, nine. So like even last year for New Year's, we did like a New Year's at 830 and they were in bed by nine. Like that was our celebration. And, and that was like the first time I think we've done that. So I, for me, I try and stick to it as closely as I can. We don't have, now we do, like if we go to CAP, if we travel, then that's different because now we're staying at other people's houses. There's uh, the Réveillon on Christmas Eve. So there's, there's a little bit later. Yeah, no, I still kind of left pretty, not, not super early, but like, yeah, like nine, 10, I would say maybe 10 would be, um, yeah. The thing is, is I'm the one that my husband is a bear at, in the middle of the night. I can't wake him up. Um, if I do, it takes them 15 minutes to figure out what's going on. So I know that like, if we go to bed at two in the morning, I am the one that's now up at four and then six. And then with them now, I mean, which is great to be up with them the next day, but I only did that a few times. And I was like, I cannot handle this because they're off, like they're miserable and they're off. I'm like tired and hungover. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's very difficult for me to parent in that state. So I would rather put them to sleep. And then at least if, if, if I'm miserable the next day, it's just me. I'm not dealing with all of the extra miserableness, but that's an important piece though. Everybody's family is different, right? And yes, we all exactly. do things differently. We all have different comfort levels. So for me, keeping my kids up super duper late every once in a while is something that I will do. I mean, Nick's, Nick's Christmas Eve didn't start until 12. So yes. Oh there my were God. Years, that me. <laughs> there like, were years where <laughs> there were years where we missed it, but some years where we went and like, it didn't start until midnight. So yeah, you no, know, we would start. in oh that gosh. case, we would, both... and I would like plan. Okay. So what if I like put them to bed for a little bit and then I woke them up or should I just keep them up? What's going to be easier? And yeah, that was, I remember that. Yeah. So, you know, I just had to roll with it some years and yeah. Yeah. that was okay. Now, usually what we were doing was we would go over there a little bit earlier than midnight, you know, we'd go at like maybe nine or something. My kids would play, have fun um, and whatnot. And then it would happen that the whole thing happened at midnight and then we'd leave at like one. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. my children would sleep there. I would bring their stuff to have them sleep there. Now I have one very adaptable little baby who was my first. And then my second, my son, he wasn't so flexible when it came to sleeping at other people's houses and whatnot. So I, I did try, but there were some times where we just kind of 
rolled with it and they were awake and whatever, you yeah. know, it, it, yeah. it was that, but one important thing to say, Pam, that you already touched on is that you have to expect some off track yes. sleep if you're keeping them up late. Now, a lot of the times I will say a lot of the times for me in those circumstances where we stayed up atrociously late, um, <laughs> they would just crash and then they were up they would normally sleep in a little bit at least the next day yeah but see that was the difference your Ileana like if you if if Lisa put Ileana to bed late she would wake up later whereas my Ireland is like that more of that typical child where I put her to bed early she was up at 6 30 if I put her to bed late she was up at 6 30 so if we didn't go to bed until one or two she was up at 6 30 ready well, yeah day. Dre Dre is the same you know he yes. was up at 6 30 <laughs> but maybe that day he'd sleep till like 7 30 still not enough sleep for a baby at all but it was one night right yes, one exactly. night or maybe two nights or three nights in the whole year that that would happen so I did have to just roll with it. But I always expected that there would be off track sleep, there would be wakings, there would be perhaps early mornings, there would be naps that would be off track the next day, perhaps because it would roll into that. I always prepared for that. And just considered it that I was pleasantly surprised if things didn't go off track. So I found that that was a good way of planning that, you know, expect that there might be wakings, expect that this stuff might happen, but if it doesn't, well, great, I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. And that's the biggest piece, right? Like I did this, like I kept them up late. So if they're throwing their 17th tantrum right now, you know, like it's, it, knowing those ex, knowing to expect that does make it a little bit easier to manage and cope with right and like Elisa said it's not something that you're doing often so if your little one is well rested and that like if I if we're gonna do a late night I mean even now I'm like oh we're gonna have a late night on Friday night so Tuesday Wednesday Thursday you need to go to bed early (laughs) like we're getting gearing up for our late night so like you want to make sure that if you're going to have one late night that your previous nights to it are going to be you know well rested on track that's kind of that goal there. And then like Lisa said, expect, you know, late or miss naps, expect maybe some early rising, expect some night wakings, and that could be a day or two. And that's just, you know, it's one of those things that we have that bump when it comes to sleep and we, okay, that's okay. Cause we're going to have an expected day or two off. I'm getting back on track. I'm responding consistently. Again, I'm making sure that their schedule is on track. They're going down when they should be going down. You know, it really only should be a few days and then you're back on track again. Um, We really don't want this to roll into like two, three, four weeks. If you're at that point, then definitely reach out to us because this should be a, you know, back on track within the week for sure. Yes, absolutely. Now, what you can do as well to try to keep things as much on track as possible with sleep is like I already mentioned, make sure the other days are not late nights and not all over the place schedules. The day that you have a schedule that's going to be different, see if you can rearrange that schedule that day so that your children are napping a little later if it's going to be a later night, or if it's something that you went out during second nap or something, then make their nap a little bit earlier so that you can go out or make their Mm -hmm. nap a little bit later so that they fall asleep on the way back home. Either way, you can always usually rearrange the schedule just a little bit if it works out for you that way. 
But one thing you do want to keep really consistent is that bedtime routine. So you want to have a solid bedtime routine so that every night is the same sequence of events that happens. And that way you can do a shortened version of that routine on the day that you are up late or something, or perhaps, you know, you do your routine at the other person's house so that you're getting your children ready there and you're doing a little bit of that routine. And then maybe if they fall asleep on the way home, then you just kind of plunk them into bed afterwards. But just having that solid bedtime routine and nap time routine will help your children get back on track quickly because the next day after a late night, let's say that nap time routine is there and it's, you know, you're sticking to schedule the next day. So their body clock learns a lot faster that just because we had one day that was all a miss, then this day is still the same and I'm having that routine. Absolutely. And if you are, so say you are going to go away and, and you're like, we have, you know, four different families we have to visit. We have to be there on this day and here on this day. Then that's kind of where you're like, okay, we have a week of chaos. We have a week of traveling and dinners and late nights and all of that stuff. So during that time, you do want to try and encourage those naps as much as you can as much as like when you can, right? Ideally around the same times. And even if it's like a day, one day where you're later or whatever, and you're compensating a little bit in that day, that's okay. We just want to be mindful that if it's a week of chaos, if you're all over the place and it's been late, then keep reminding yourself when I'm back, the first thing that you want to do, whether it's one or two days or it's a full week, the first thing you want to do is get that schedule back on track because that's going to be that circadian rhythm, like Lisa said. It's going to, you're going to get that back on track. So we're starting there. And then just know if you have a full week, if you have a lot of three, four days in a row, you can't do, you know, a day here or a day there. But just keep reminding yourself that once you're back, you'll get back on schedule again and you'll, you will get sleep back on track again. Of course, we're here if you need help. Yes. Usually what happens is they get back to their beds at home and they just settle right in. No problem, right? You might need to do a little bit of work on the independent sleep part. Let's say you were gone for a little bit and you were helping them to sleep a little bit more than usual. You'll need to do a little bit of work to get them back on track to feeling comfortable putting themselves to sleep 100% again. But it's quick. It's just reminding them. And we talk a lot more about this, I believe, in our traveling podcast. We do, yeah. So my very last tip, Lisa, do you have any more tips to add in before I add in my very last tip? You do not. So my very last tip is to recognize that as much as you plan and as much as you compensate and do this and try this, your child may not decide to go along with your plan. That is like the one thing I tell all of our families that we work with, because this is something that we help with, right? Oh, we're, we have a wedding to go to. How am I going to help? How am I going to do sleep? We have to travel for this day and stuff. So we're able to kind of work through that. And it's like, okay, this is going to be our plan, but we're going to really make sure that we are expecting that it's not going to be followed perfectly. Like this is kind of our general idea of how it could go, but know that you probably are going to have to modify So, you know, okay, so we can't do nap time in the crib, but we'll do, we'll get them to fall asleep in the car um, and then they don't fall asleep in the car. So sometimes you have to like modify, maybe you have to drive a little bit longer, maybe you have to just, you know, get to your destination, put them in the carrier and get them to sleep that way. So it's good to have a plan. It's good to feel like you're organized, but um, expect that it's not always going to fall into place that way because 
That's the joys of having babies and children. They don't like our plans. Even though we don't tell them, they just don't like to follow them. Yep. I've had that happen (laughs) multiple times. And oh my goodness, like every time. <laughs> you really do need to just kind of let that roll off your shoulders because you can you can really make yourself super anxious about yes. that, right? When things don't go the way, especially planners, people who like to plan and have a plan A and a plan B and a plan C and a plan Z. Z Z would have rhymed a little bit more, but I refuse to say Z. <laughs> um, so, Sorry to our American listeners. <laughs> we're Canadian. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you have all the plans, sometimes things don't go as you plan them, but yep. know that it's the one day and try to really reframe that internal talk when that starts to come in. And you have that little person on your shoulder that's saying you shouldn't be doing this. It's messing everything up, you know, all that stuff. Just kind of tell that person to be quiet, that person on your shoulder, (laughs) tell them to be quiet and just know, remind yourself that it's one day. You're not messing everything up over one day. You just need to set those limits again when you are back and you're getting back on track. You want to be the one who takes the wheel and sets the limits again so that they're not now relying on all kinds of help to get to sleep when they didn't need help before or you know, now they want you to rock them because you traveled for a couple of days. You just have to be the one who takes the wheel there and says, I know you want me to do this but we're getting back on track. I love you, but you can do this. Uh, Yeah. And and, and such a good point because the other side of it too, right, is there's so much anxiety around it too, because you have that piece saying on your shoulder saying, you know, keep them on track. Don't go away from the schedule. And then you have the actual voices behind you saying, it's okay if they're not sleeping on a schedule. They'll be fine. Keep them up late. It'll be not, it won't be a problem. I'll help you the next day. You know, we'll hear all of these kind of things. So now you're kind of waging between, for for me, I mean, my family was pretty great. They were pretty understanding about sleep just because they didn't have a choice. (laughs) But I know that there's a lot of, you know, you're being too strict with the schedule. You're being too strict with their sleep. They don't have to go to bed that early. You're going to hear all of that stuff from family, from extended family, you know, in-laws, all of that stuff. But then you have that voice on your shoulder, like Lisa said, who's saying like, oh, but you work so hard on their sleep and you don't want to go off track and all of that stuff. So you know that there is a balance. You don't have to, you don't have to take either side at a hundred percent, right? You can do it the way it's going to work for your family and, and just let those comments roll. If you're staying on track with your sleep, let those comments roll. If you're going off track, let your little shoulder voice roll off the back of your shoulders like don't even listen to it and just do what's going to work for you guys for that day and then like we said get back on track once you're home like that's it really is just that enjoy yourself have a wonderful wonderful holiday um and you learn from it every time you do it you're like okay that didn't work oh hey this worked really well so you're you're gonna learn from it take it as that experience and and enjoy your holidays and and enjoy your family time. And we will put our link to our free 15 minute consultations in the description of this podcast so that you can book a call. If you are having any doubts or any questions or just want some guidance. Absolutely. Thanks everyone. Have a happy holiday.
Thanks for joining us on today's episode. We so appreciate that you've taken that time to come and hang out with us and listen to what we have to say. If you are struggling with sleep or parenting, please know that we have loads of free information on the website um, as well as on the YouTube channel. But if after you've read through everything and you've watched those videos, if you're still struggling, know that you're not alone and that we would love to help. So be sure to check out the website, www.restfulparenting.com. You'll find the link to book your free 15-minute call right there. And if you have any comments or anything you'd like to share with us, please leave them below in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks.